Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself, go board yourself. You wanna smoke. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode seventy-seven of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we are doing a grow heavy show. We've got two big cultivation segments. We've got puff or pass, and we've got uh, strain of the fortnight, and we've got a grow tip on how to avoid the sophomore slump, as well as grow Q and A. So we're very excited. Episode seventy seven is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts THC infused pain relief rub, sweet leaf nutrients, rocket seeds, and organic rev growth stimulant. Stick around. Episode 77 is coming at you. All right, welcome back. And as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. We thank you guys. We love the song. And uh, we thank our sponsor, Organic Rev, as well. Um, if you're looking to grow healthier, faster-growing plants and increase your yield, Organic Rev is the answer. Rev is a growth stimulant, not a nutrient, so you can add Rev to your current regimen to deliver dramatic results. And because it's not a nutrient, it can't burn your plants. On a personal note, I've used it and it works great. Plants absolutely love it and they respond immediately by greening up and looking healthy and strong. Now, Grow Bud Yourself listeners can receive 10% off their first order of Organic Rev with the promo code GBY10. And that's good for 10% off your entire purchase at Organic Rev. So go to organicrev.com slash GBY10 and find out what Rev can do for your plants. Um, they're also running a really cool promotion that is, I think, just about to end. But they've got a free bottle promo. You can get a four-ounce bottle of Organic Rev for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. It makes up to four gallons of organic growth stimulant. So visit organicrev.com slash GBY10 and uh, click on free bottle promo at the top left and uh, fill out your info and you will get a free bottle just by paying that uh, shipping and handling fee. And you can try it out yourself. It works with any nutrient that you're already using and will certainly uh, improve the health and growth of your plants. All right, rev it up. <laughs> Indeed. Good stuff, man. And, and yeah, man, welcome to episode 77. Yes, absolutely. Welcome. So uh, here we are, uh, Mike G, Danny Danko. This is Grow Bud Yourself, episode 77. And um, as Dan mentioned in the, in the intro there, we don't have a guest, but we have a lot of great grow information for you guys today. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, I'm on my way to Alaska for the Leaf Bowl uh, in Alaska. That's November 6th. So Were you just if, there? I, I was just there, but I was there to promote the Leaf Bowl. Now I'm going back for the actual Leaf Bowl. Well, at uh, least it's like a quick trip for you. <laughs> It's a long trip, but, you know, I've never been to Alaska until, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Now you're tired uh, of it. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful place. I'm looking forward to going back. I hope you guys can come to the Leaf Bowl. Uh, it's November 6th, uh, Saturday. It's at the convention center in downtown Anchorage. It's free to attend. So, you know, I'll be there. I'll have uh, some Grow Bud Yourself stickers. I'll have some copies of my book until they run out. Um, but if you're a listener in Alaska and you'd love to attend the show, please uh, come by on Saturday. We're doing the award show. I think right around 420, we'll be announcing the winners of uh, the Alaska Leaf Bowl. And uh, yeah, it's just it's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, I participated in so many cannabis cups with high times and a bunch of other events. But it's just it's so great to be a part of uh the Leaf Nation and Northeast Leaf, Northwest Leaf, and, and Alaska and California, Maryland, and Oregon. We we got quite a team, and uh, some of them I'm I'm going to be hanging for the first time with out there. So I'm excited, and uh, and you've you've been judging all week, right? <laughs> yes, indeed, I've been judging uh, flowers, concentrates, edibles. What do, you, what do you think of the Alaskan pot products? They have amazing products. I mean, there's such a long history there as well. I mean, Alaska was one of, if not the first place to decriminalize cannabis uh, way back in the 70s. 
and of course you know everybody knows the matanuska thunderfuck you know the 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 matanuska valley has always been a, a haven for for growers and breeders and yeah i mean it's it's the last frontier it's it's a beautiful place and when i was there a couple of weeks ago we we got to visit a glacier which was really amazing and i got to meet a bunch of the growers and the people from uh a lot of the uh the dispensaries that are there and uh yeah it takes a special person to to live there and and survive there and uh the growers are amazing the products are great the flowers the concentrates um the edibles so yeah i'm excited i'm i'm looking forward to seeing who who actually wins the contest and and meeting some of the people that uh that i didn't get to meet uh on my first trip out there so uh, that's exciting, and hopefully, you know, we have at least one or two listeners in Alaska that'll that'll roll through, maybe even more. But uh, I hope to see you guys there at Anchorage, uh, November sixth, Saturday. We'll be there all day. I guess this will just be coming out by then, but hopefully, people hear it in in time and go get the go to that event. That sounds good. Meet Danny Danko and uh, tell him that you listen to the show. Little, little trip to Alaska, your second one in as many weeks. Um, good stuff. We, um, you know, we get a lot of emails here from listeners, and most of them are about grow questions, right? But we did get one recently that that uh, was a little more specific. We thought we would read it because we, we spend a lot of time here kind of talking about the Northeast. Uh, that's where we live. It's sort of our area of expertise, a lot of New York information. But this is uh, from the middle of the country, so... This comes from James, and he writes, uh, Hey, Danny and Mike, I have a couple questions. I live in Ohio. I never hear anything about Ohio on your show. I want to hear about Ohio becoming legal. I actually heard they're trying to make Ohio legal by Thanksgiving, and I wanted to know if you had any info. And uh, he also asks uh, the next question, Does legalization affect the street price? So I guess maybe I'll take the first part, and then you could take that second part there. But you're right, you're right, James, we don't talk a lot about Ohio on the show, um, but let's talk a little about it right now. Ohio is a is an interesting state. Um, you have a, a Republican-led legislature and also a Republican governor, but you also have a medical pot program that's actually doing pretty well. You have 125,000 registered pot patients, and you have a what is it, 58 operating dispensaries, but the Board of Pharmacy just announced that another 73 dispensary licenses are going to be granted in the next year or so. So things are going well medically, but on the legalization front, yes, you are correct. There is an effort to get legalization through in Ohio, and it's being led by two Republican lawmakers, uh, Jamie Callender and Ron Ferguson, have introduced a uh, bill that would legalize cannabis and establish retail sales. And that bill actually also um, would allow some limited home cultivation, and it would establish a 10% tax on retail pot. Meanwhile, medical cannabis is not taxed at all in Ohio, which is great. So um, this is a this is a good uh, bill, or at least it looks like a good bill. And Callender and Ferguson, they kind of acknowledged that the Republican leaders, including Governor Mike DeWine, aren't enthusiastic at all about legalizing pot in Ohio. But Callender insists that, quote, there's more bipartisan support than people might think. However, uh, when the GOP House Speaker Robert Cup was just recently asked about this cannabis legalization, he kind of smugly laughed and told reporters that he hadn't even read the bill yet, and then he added, uh, let's just see where it goes. So that doesn't sound so encouraging. But the co-sponsors of the bill are trying to uh, build support, and they plan on formally filing the bill this fall. So... Uh, as far as your question about legalization by Thanksgiving, I, I don't think that's a possibility, but I, I believe they're they're trying to file this legislation in the fall. So maybe that's what you're hearing by Thanksgiving. Uh, it doesn't seem to stand a very good chance of getting through the uh, House or the Senate. But I do have to say where you might hang your hat here is that Ohio has a history of legalization through the legislature because that's how your medical program became a thing. In uh, 2016, the legislature actually passed the medical pot program for Ohio. It wasn't implemented until 2019, but but that actually happened uh, through lawmakers. And then Governor John Kasich, was, uh, he signed that into law. 
so that's cool. And the other thing you have going is this coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol is currently gathering signatures. Uh, they're trying to get a legalization bill submitted to the legislature. And what happens there is if they get enough signatures, it goes to the legislature and they have an opportunity to enact it. If they don't, that then gets placed on the ballot for next year and the voters of Ohio can decide legalization. So a couple of things are going on right now in Ohio uh, with legal cannabis. Nothing seems imminent, but there you go. There's your Ohio update. And maybe if Dan wants to tackle how legalization might affect street prices question, that would be uh, that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, as far as Ohio goes, you know, you don't want to be like New Hampshire in the Northeast and be surrounded by legal states. I mean, you have a few, obviously, West Virginia and Kentucky that aren't legal. But, uh, you know, you got Michigan, Pennsylvania, you got Canada across the lake. Uh, you know, you want to legalize, definitely. And, uh, you know, Ohio is such a great place to grow. It's such a fertile land. So, I, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer, and it makes sense. But as far as the prices go, uh, typically the prices should go down with legalization, even in the you know illicit market. Um, but it depends on which state you look at where that happens. Right now, prices are plummeting in California. There was a, uh, a situation in Oregon where they were selling, you know, $10 ounces or something like that for a while because the, there was such a glut. Uh, maybe national legalization will change that in the, in the future because states will be able to ship from state to state. But right now, you know, places like Ohio, even where we are, New York, prices still remain high because there's still a risk involved in distribution of cannabis. So, um, and the price is all in the risk. Obviously, we know the price is not in the cost of production, particularly in a place like Northern California or somewhere where you're just, you know, using the sun and, and, and growing amazing, huge 10-pound you know, plants and stuff. So, and I think you could do the same in Ohio, and, and I know people have in the past, but those same people took a huge risk. And so when they were in the process of, selling those products they calculated that risk into the cost of the product now if there if becomes to be a legal uh recreational cannabis market in ohio you know judging from other states there will remain an underground legacy market as well but prices in that market will go down because they're competing with legal cannabis and i think that's an important thing to note uh, for people who don't even care about cannabis one way or another, like the politician who smirked <laughs> at the guy who mentioned the bill, because at the end of the day, people are going to get their cannabis one way or another. And, sh you know, should they be paying 60 bucks an eighth or 15 bucks an eighth? You know, we, we, we have our opinions on that, but uh, certainly doesn't cost 50 bucks an eighth to produce. So when you take the risk out, you take the cost out, and hopefully those prices will plummet. Well, there you go. So thanks for writing in, James. We hope that helps you out. And, you know, we want to pay attention to uh, all states that are in, uh, either considering or have enacted legalization. So there's an Ohio update for you. For sure. So... Um, I don't know, man. What do you think? Should we, uh, should we just get on with this, uh, this, this cultivation spectacular here? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, it's, it's, it's that time of year. Everyone's interested in, in harvesting and, and storage and what to do. Hopefully that's what they're interested in because they had a great season and, <laughs> you know, and that's what we're focusing on. And also, uh, for the beginner growers focusing on avoiding the sophomore slump as well, which is like, you know, the second time you grow, all the mistakes happen, and it's only because of uh, a lack of perseverance. So that's what uh, that's what we get into in the cultivation segment. And I think, uh, without further ado, why don't we take a break and come back uh, with Puffer Pass? If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. 
Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. And we're back. And as Dan mentioned, we don't have a guest this week. But what we thought we would do is a little oldie but a goodie here. We haven't done this in a little while. But but maybe a little game of Puffer Pass. Let's do it. I love Puffer Pass. But, But it's Puffer Pass Harvest Edition because this is sort of the time of year where people, you know, who grow outdoors traditionally are taking down their crops. Perfect. Okay, so... Maybe this will help some of our outdoor growers out, or even our indoor growers. This is puff or pass. The rules are simple. I'm going to give a a, a brief statement to Dan, and he's either going to puff, which means he agrees with it, or pass, which means he does not, and then explain his reasoning. So, the first one is, it's best to harvest when most of the trichomes are amber. Puff or pass? I'm going to pass on that one, uh, because my personal preference, especially as I get older, is... Uh, to harvest when they're mostly cloudy. And if you harvest when they're amber, uh, I think you're harvesting a little bit too late. And it's like taking a steak off a grill. I think I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but uh, just because you cut the plant down doesn't mean it stops uh, ripening. So uh, those glands will continue to turn more amber as the plant dries as well. So while it's hanging, those plants will continue to become more amber and the trichomes themselves uh, will go from cloudy to amber. So if you want something more lethargic, if you're looking for more CBN, which is, you know, more of a narcotic, more of a, uh, a stony couch lock effect. Uh, and that's, you know, that's for people who, uh, you know, suffer from insomnia, uh, nerve pain and things like that. It really is helpful for them. So I'm not saying I wouldn't puff on it, <laughs> but for my personal use, especially as I get older, I like the more euphoric up high. I like the electric feeling uh, that you get from uh, plants that are harvested at, at peak cloudiness, uh, which is when you know the THC level is at its highest uh, and you haven't started degrading into CBN. So I would say I would pass on that, but again, it's really kind of up to personal preference. And I know there's medical growers who love to let uh, some of those strains go a little extra long uh, because it just helps them sleep or helps their uh, body pain. All right, moving on. Uh, You should always trim sugar leaves after drying your plants. I will puff on that. I agree. I think... Uh, and this is something that's changed for me over time as well. I used to be, uh, you know, Mr. Trim, trim everything, uh, and then dry it. Uh, I felt like it was a cleaner process in that way, but now, uh, especially, you know, for the home grower in particular, I would recommend just taking off fan leaves, uh, drying plants whole if possible, if they're not too big, uh, or just whole branches if the plant's too big, but leave those sugar leaves on there, let them dry out. Uh, it'll slow the drying process down, uh, which in most cases is going to result in a much smoother smoke. And uh, it kind of protects the buds as well. I mean, that's stuff you can always trim off later. Uh, And I would trim it off before putting it into a curing jar, basically. So I would do two trimmings. I would do uh, trimming off the fan leaves or even just pulling them off by hand uh, before hanging the, the plant to dry or the branches to dry leaving the sugar leaves on, then drying for my seven to 12 days, whatever it takes to get to that like uh, popcorn dryness on the outside. And then uh, I would trim that dry sugar leaf off, uh, use that to make hash or, or, or butter or tincture, whatever you want to do with that sugar leaf. It's got plenty of trichomes on it, but I don't want to smoke it. So I would trim that off and then cut the individual buds off and pop them into jars for the curing process. 
Now, I've seen other growers who just leave it on right up until they decide to smoke it. And this is something I learned from Cushman. Um, he would leave those sugar leaves on and he would trim them off just before uh, grinding the bud. And it did actually result in a really smooth and flavorful smoke. Um, as long as you're committed to doing a lot of trimming, because that's, you know, uh, what happens is the, the sugar leaves do sort of curl up uh, around the bud and they do protect the bud. But um, it also makes it a little more difficult to get in there with snips and, and really trim a lot of those uh, a lot of those really fine sugar leaves off. Uh, but if you do, you do result in a product that you can use for, uh, like I said, tinctures, uh, butter, edibles, uh, or hash making, which is great. All right. Very good. Let's move on here. Puff or pass. It is best to dry your buds on silkscreen racks. What do you think? I'm going to pass on that. And I think I even mentioned this earlier. It's, it's best to hang dry. Uh, when you put the buds or branches on racks, what happens is you get these flat spots uh, where the buds, where they're touching the rack, uh, just sort of harden up and become flat. And it just, it, it densens up that area and it can cause, it can, I mean, at worst, in worst case scenarios, it can cause uh, mold and, and rot and things like that. But even in the best case, it's just, uh, there's no reason to have a flat spot on your buds like that and if you hang dry you don't get those flat spots you have nice loose airy buds and uh you end up with a better product i think once you've like sealed up in that like moisture in that way uh with those flat spots it, you can't really ever get rid of it properly uh but when you're air drying by hanging the plants or the branches if the plants are too big to hang whole hang the branches up but in that way the air is able to reach 360 degrees of the buds so there's not that like one area that's just flattened up against something even if it's silkscreen and allows air through it's still uh causing a flatness to the bud um that kind of seals in that uh i don't even know what to call it like that basement kind of funk dankness <laughs> i don't know i just think it's so much it's easy to do and it's it's there's no reason to lay your buds down while they're drying for any reason i think hang them up and uh and let them air dry like that without uh any sort of surface touching them all right avoid the racks says danko uh let's move on puff or pass uh, it's okay to place your buds inside glass jars when they're still moist on the outside I'm going to pass on that. Uh, this is basically the difference between drying and curing. Once those plants have hung to dry and they're bone dry on the outside, but there's plenty of moisture still within the bud, um, that's when you put it in the jars. So when the, when the stems snap uh, instead of bending, uh, that's when you know that you can then you know trim off the sugar leaves if you want to. If not, leave them on. But put those buds individually, uh, trim them off the branches, and put them into jars. But it should be dry. The buds should be dry on the outside because you will notice after an hour or two inside the jar, you open up the jar, and uh, even those buds that felt dry on the outside will feel moist again. And that's that inner moisture working its way out. But if you put them in there too moist and it's still moist on the outside, you're going to get ammonia and like a really funky smell and odor and it's going to be repulsive and it's actually unhealthy in many ways too because it can lead to mold and mildew i would say wait until the buds are dry on the outside uh before putting them into jars and you'll see as long as you don't wait too long i mean you, there there is a, a a point at which they've dried too much hanging uh and the, people make that mistake as well so you really want to catch it right when they go from uh, bending to snapping. And in that way, uh, when you bend the branch and it snaps, you'll know this is the time. And that's when to put them in jars. And even then, you got to open those jars at least once 
maybe twice, three times a day in order, in order to let some of that spent moist air out of the jar and let it redistribute the moisture uh, from the inside of the bud to the outside of the bud to the inside of the jar. And that's curing. I mean, that's the difference between drying and curing. You're really slowing the drying process down uh, into the curing process. And then when you get it to the perfect cure, just keep it sealed unless you need to get in there and grab a nug and grind it up. All right, very good. And uh, one last one. I think I know where you're going to go with this, but puff or pass, always use clear glass jars and keep them on a windowsill for storage. (laughs) That I will pass on. Uh, You need opaque jars if you can find them. Uh, I know there's a jar shortage these days. I know it's very hard to find ball jars. Uh, But... uh, if they're not opaque, meaning they, you know, not they, they do allow light through them, they're clear jars. Uh, you can still keep them in a cool, dark place, but certainly not on a windowsill. Certainly not exposed to light. Certainly not um, on top of the fridge, or you know, any kind of appliances that get warm. Certainly not inside the fridge or freezer uh, because of the fluctuations in uh, temperature and moisture and all kinds of craziness. I mean. The freezer is really bad, but uh, fridge too. I mean, just a cool, dark place in a sealed glass jar, and you can enjoy your buds for months and even years to come if you store them properly in that way. But uh, a clear jar on a windowsill, um, the light and the uh, heat are going to degrade the THC so much so that uh, what went in the jar will not resemble. Uh, what comes out of the jar later if it's exposed to all that light and heat. And, uh, you know, you went through all the trouble of growing these buds. Uh, just preserve them and store them properly, uh, and you'll be rewarded uh, for a long time rather than just in the short run. So uh, certainly store your glass jars in a cool, dark place. And uh, preferably those jars should be opaque and not allow light in. But, hey, if you can't find the the opaque ones then use the clear ones but keep them in a cool dark place uh and don't expose them to lighter heat makes sense it's really pretty simple when you get right down to it this whole growing and drying and curing and harvesting thing right it's simple to do it uh properly but it's hard to dial it in perfectly Well, that's actually good news because it means that this show, uh, you know, is a little more necessary. (laughs) That was uh, Puffer Pass, the harvest edition. Hopefully that helps uh, some people who are currently harvesting and had some questions. Um, What do you think, man? We should take a little break and then come back with a excellent cultivation section. Let's do it. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back, and uh, I believe we are now in our cultivation segment, and I should mention uh, the Sweet Leaf promo is still going on. I think this might be the last week of this promo, but uh, it's an exclusive new product drop just for Grow Bud Yourself uh, podcast members on Patreon, so you can get a free 32-ounce bottle of Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, newest organic liquid fertilizer product. It's Crazy K005. It's a potassium booster, so it's boosting the K in the NPK ratio, which is specific 
for the late stage of growth. That middle period when the flowers have begun forming, that's when you really want to boost uh, the uh, potassium. And this that's what this product does. So join us as a Big Bud or Heady Chief level supporter at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. And you will get a free 32-ounce bottle of that nutrient, as well as a bunch of other stuff. And please check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com, like the suite that you would get at a hotel room when you're balling. (laughs) Nicely done. And thank you, Sweet Leaf. Everybody do check in on that deal. And oh my, what is that? (laughs) And yes, this is a fortnight. Yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. What do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. That's the song. Yes, that could only mean one thing. It is time for Strain of the Fortnite. And what do you got this Fortnite? Yes, so this is a really popular one these days. It's called Gelato. Uh, It's known by a bunch of different names. Uh, People call it Larry Bird. Uh, People call it Gelato number 42. There's a bunch of numbers, number three, number 33. Uh, I think that's where the Larry Bird part comes from. Uh, 41, 45. So there's a bunch of different versions of Gelato, but uh, it is super popular. It's a hybrid, uh, somewhat, I would say, slightly indica dominant. Uh, It's a cross of Sunset Sherbet and Thin Mint girl scout cookies uh it's definitely balanced that's why it's hard to say whether it's really dominant one way or the other um but it does have like a really kind of because it's balanced it's got a little bit of both so it comes on strong uh if you're someone who has anxiety uh it might hit you real hard in the first like five minutes or so uh which can be an issue uh but ultimately that sort of euphoric initial rush uh is is backed by really strong feelings of relaxation. So it's not a huge THC level. It's typically tests at under 20%, uh, which is fine. You know, people are, are definitely a little too, uh, too gassed up on, uh, on what the THC levels are, because this one's all about the Terps and how they combine with that, you know, 17, 18% THC level to give you like that flavor sensation. And also, uh, relief for patients so if you have uh fatigue uh you know insomnia certain issues that have to deal with the body this will help you out with those as well Um, but like i said very balanced so you're going to get a little bit of both worlds um as far as like the up and the down and what happens is the up hits you first and then it sort of uh relaxes you after so you got about a half an hour of like you know, holding conversations and feeling really uh, amped up. And then you kind of just feel good, like not just in the body, but like even just with self-esteem and just feelings. I think it's really good for, uh, you know, people who have depression and and, and that kind of thing. And don't we all these days? But uh, like I said, relaxing and mellow, but the initial onset is a little strong. Um, it's available from rocket seeds. So you can check out rocketseeds.com. Uh, use the code GBY 10 for 10% off, uh, any seed purchase there. Uh, but you can check them out for gelato as well. Um, you know, like I said, the, 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 the key word, uh, when it comes to it, uh, is really the balance of, um, of the feelings that you get. It's like initially euphoric and then very relaxing, but, it does have a really pleasant aroma and a really amazing uh, flavor. You know, uh, there's all kinds of hints. It's very sweet. Um, Obviously with a name like gelato, you're going to be on the sweeter side of things and not the gassy side. So there's hints of lavender, uh, orange, tangerine kind of, but not tangy, Uh, just kind of like more, more sweet orange Um, berries a bit, and even some sandalwood and woody effect. Um, that reminds me a little bit of strawberry cough, which as you guys know, I love. Um, so it's got the sweetness and the earthiness to it. Uh, and I think it's, you know, obviously earned the name gelato for it's resembling, uh, you know, the ice cream. Uh, so there's a sherbet kind of, uh, 
taste that you get from it as well. And like I said, not a huge THC level, but really uh, good feeling. Some people would even say psychedelic, uh, in, in, and which you hear about other strains that are, are kind of in that right in the middle balance uh, thing. So, you know, as far as medical benefits, uh, headaches, migraines, uh, muscle spasms, helps with that, uh, chronic and neuropathic pain as well. Um, and, you know, the head high starts early and then moves to the body. Uh, so, you know, stress, PTSD. Uh, if you can get through that first initial onset and the rush, uh, then you get that really relaxed feeling. And so I really love the gelato. Uh, I hope you guys check it out uh, at rocketseeds.com. Use that code GBY10 for 10% off. And uh, as far as growing it, I mean, I would say it works a lot better in an in a indoors environment than any kind of you know, greenhouse or outdoor situation. Uh, really sensitive to humidity, sensitive to pathogens. It's it's kind of finicky in that way. So it's not it's not necessarily a plant uh, the the, uh, the beginner really wants to grow. If you're going to do it, uh, train it. Use screen of green. Um, make sure you hold up the branches with uh, one way or another, and you're going to get about an eight to ten week flowering window. Um, decent. Uh, you know, decent yields, but nothing to write home about, like um, like some other strains that are more indica dominant. But uh, you know, you get this amazing, sweet, beautiful bud, and uh, definitely use odor control as well because it does have a very strong odor and uh, you know, very pleasant though when you enter the grow room. So please check out RocketSeeds.com. Uh, get yourself some gelato. They have auto, uh, I think, but I know they for sure have regular uh, seeds. So if you want a mother plant of gelato, get some gelato regular seeds from Rocket Seeds and uh, pick out a nice mom and then just take clones of it and you'll have uh, gelato for, for years and years. And I think uh, I, I'm convinced that you'll enjoy it. Auto gelato. I like it. I also, I learned something there. I, I did not know where the Larry Bird thing came from. I was always uh, curious about that. <laughs> I think it's so. the numbers, you know, number 33. Um, you know, and this is 77. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if we have any number thing for that, but uh, I know there's a, a great uh, Bad Brain song called Secret 77, but that's pretty much the only thing I can think of. Talking Heads 77? It's oh, a yeah. great album. It, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Psycho yeah. Killer on that one? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, incredible live performances from, from Talking Heads as well. And David Byrne is on Broadway right now doing his Utopia, yeah. which I have not yet seen but would love to see. Uh, but I digress. That's actually on, um, on HBO. If you guys uh, can't make it to Broadway, you could check out American Utopia on uh, HBO Max. Excellent. Yeah. I, you know, I have seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched it on HBO. It's great, right? I'd like to see it live. Oh, you sure. know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout out to David Byrne. and uh, As always. Tina He's Weymouth. always welcome here. Yes. We have indeed. a mic waiting, so. <laughs> but that was our Strain of the Fortnite. And now, as our listeners know, each week, Dan likes to give a grow tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what are you going to talk about this week? Yeah, this is something I haven't really ever mentioned, and I think we've done almost 200 shows. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're creeping up there. I think it's like 175 or 180 Very or close, something. Yeah. But uh, it, this is the great uh, sophomore slump. This happens in high school, colleges, uh, with students, but it happens with growers as well. And, and what happens is your first grow is amazing, and and... You know, you get it's a combination of beginner's luck and, you know, all your effort and concentration is there and you care about every moment and you end up with a beautiful bounty and a, a wonderful harvest. And then suddenly you think you know how to grow. <laughs> and what happens is uh, nature always finds a way, right, as they say in Jurassic Park. And and it finds a way in a grow tent, in a greenhouse, in a you know, outdoors, wherever it is, um, you are at the mercy of nature. And you're also at the mercy of your own abilities to, you know, basically follow through. Uh, And so a lot of times what happens is that second harvest just doesn't happen. Something goes wrong. 
and I'm trying to help you to avoid that. So there's things that you can do in order to not become complacent. And that's really the issue at hand because suddenly you think, oh, you know, I, I know how to grow and I can do this over and over and just duplicate the thing that I did. And then you start taking shorts and, uh, you know, resting on your laurels and not necessarily visiting the tent or the grow every day and, you know, kind of counting on things to just take care of themselves. And that's where you run into issues. So the things that I'll tell you uh, are, you know, you probably took notes on the first harvest and you need to continue to take notes on the second harvest and every harvest that you do. Um, you should have a checklist for when you go into your grow space. Uh, the checklist should have all the things you want to basically make sure are still happening. Um, you know, that the floor is clean, uh, the pots, whatever, the tools, every all your equipment is in order. Uh, you know, you replace equipment that's expired bulbs. You know, people would be surprised to learn that, you know, bulbs are recommended to be replaced sometimes every six months, sometimes every year. Uh, but almost every grower I know does not replace bulbs until they either fail or uh, give off some kind of indication that they're not performing well. But bulbs should be replaced, you know, and, and sometimes that can be practically every two harvests or so, depending on what you're doing. So anything that's expired, you know, you have to pay attention. This is what gave you the success the first time around is that you really were meticulous and you looked on the undersides of the leaves. You looked on the surface of the soil. You checked out every plant to make sure there wasn't any pests or pathogens. And if you don't take that to your second harvest or to your third grow or your fourth grow, uh, you will suffer the consequences. So you need to look at the plants daily. You need to make sure you're monitoring the temperature, the humidity, the pH, and even when you're not in the room. I mean, there are digital there's digital equipment now that will literally send the info to your phone and you can know if the temp went way down during your night cycle or way too high uh, when the lights were on. So it's really just a matter of not resting, taking notes, not being complacent and uh, working hard to ensure that every harvest is a great one. And, you know, I hate to to be the bearer of bad news, but everyone's going to have a bad harvest here or there, but they are avoidable and you don't have to have them over and over as long as you follow these instructions. And like I said, everyone thinks they're a great grower after their first grow, if it's successful. Uh, and then they get that sophomore slump, uh, and the second grow, uh, suffers and it's easily avoidable. And it's really just a matter of sticking with it and uh, maintaining the practices that led to your success in the first place. Now, don't be too meticulous. Don't over, you know, feed, don't over water, but, uh, you know, just have a checklist and make sure that you check those things off, check your equipment, check the plants out, make sure the temperature, humidity, and pH are all in order at all times, and you will succeed much more than the person who just sort of sits back and, uh, you know, lets things happen and takes a couple of days off from looking at their plants because they feel like, oh, they're, they'll be fine. Uh, so that's my tip for avoiding that uh, sophomore slump as a grower. And, uh, you know, it's probably the same tip whether you're in, in high school or college and studying uh, as well. It's really just a matter of uh, sticking to it, you know, and uh, not just sitting on the couch playing video games when you should be in the grow stay on that grind as the kids say indeed so yeah there you go grow tip from danny danko episode 77 and uh now it is time to take some questions from our listeners if you're listening and you have a question uh get in touch with us you could email us that is info at growbudyourself.com um what do you think well, let's just jump in here let's do it all right, let's kick things off with our uh, our old friend Gunja Gonzalez, who actually created the um, the Strain of the Fortnite theme song that you guys heard earlier in this episode. And now he actually has three separate questions, so why don't we just take them one at a time? All right, perfect. Thank you for the song as well, Gunja. 
Indeed. All right. So starting off, Gunja writes, uh, I started to grow with one Girl Scout cookie photo period seed. The germination was fast and I planted the seedling. Now the first three pairs of leaves are looking really crooked. It doesn't have the three to five hand-shaped leaves. Uh, there are mostly single leaves. Some of them are even missing the serrations. They all look kind of crooked and their colors are also heterogeneous. Now, judging from your experience, does it make sense to keep this plant alive and watch what will happen, or are these first few leaves an indication that more trouble will be seen in later stages and I should start over? Is there a rule of thumb for these cases from which one can decide to start over or keep the plant alive? What do you think, Dan? Uh, yeah, so as far as that, um, that's either some type of strange genetic mutation um, or the plant is just unhappy uh, and 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 acting out in some kind of uh, performative way, um, because you know mostly single leaves, crooked leaves, no serrations. To me, it sounds genetic um, and as a mutation, and therefore I would get rid of those plants. But even if it was just an unhappy plant that's just not putting out um, the right type of leaves, I would say either way I would get rid of the plants and start with something fresh. Because if it's genetic, there's nothing you can really do about it. And if it's systemic, then, you know, you just need to start over anyway, because it's probably not going to be worthwhile uh, to keep growing it uh, and then try to sort of rebound. Um, so if there's no leaves that have three or five hand-shaped leaves at all, and they're all just sort of single leaves popping out without serrations and crooked uh, I would say get rid of that particular uh, photo period Girl Scout cookie plant and also look into, you know, maybe that there's something causing that as well. I mean, it could be genetic, in which case it's just, uh, you know, the luck of the draw with the seeds that you got. Uh, but it could also be something about uh, the grow space itself, uh, light leaks, um, bad soil, that kind of thing. So look into it and if other plants in the same space are healthy then it's most certainly probably a genetic thing but uh that's what i would say either way i would say start over uh with fresh seeds and fresh plants and maybe even fresh soil all right uh moving on gunja writes i always germinate my seeds with the paper towel method now four seeds from the same strain sprouted but then died I contacted the breeder and they told me that the paper towel method tends to suffocate the seeds and I should germinate them in jiffy pods. What do you think? Is this suffocation issue true? Can there be a risk for suffocation when using the paper towel method? Hmm. Huh. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm not a huge fan of the paper towel method, mostly uh, just because I feel like it's unnecessary. Um, and what that is, is basically you, you moisten... Uh, a paper towel and you put the seeds uh, in between the moist pieces of paper towel, put them on a plate. And within a couple of days, the seeds should pop open. Uh, as far as suffocation, I've, I've never seen that happen. I think maybe if the seed, if the seeds sprout for uh, too long and they have a, a really long uh, tap root and you haven't placed them into your, your soil mix or your, your whatever medium that you're using, uh, then they could potentially suffocate at that point. I mean, they're not getting light, they're not getting much air, and they're growing. Uh, but what what people who use the paper towel method do is as soon as the seed cracks open, basically, as soon as you see even just a quarter inch of a taproot, um, that's when they plant it, taproot down into a medium. So, uh, it you know, it, it's effective, but I, I agree with the breeder that you contacted. I think... It's better to just germinate either into jiffy pots, uh, rock wool if, if, if it's available and, and you feel like using rock wool because it stays moist and lets air reach the seed as well, or uh, just soilless mix in a you know plastic cup, uh, opaque cup that uh, doesn't allow light to reach the roots. But uh, I, I like to just germinate seeds right into where they're going to go and take it from there. Very good. And uh, one more here from Gunja. And he writes, uh, I read recently that when plants in the seedling stage are already put in the final pod, let's say a 10-gallon pod or whatever, they will develop more slowly. 
It was suggested that a seedling needs to first be put in a smaller pod and then repotted later or during the vegetative stage. What is your opinion? Also, if this is true, uh, what are the reasons behind it? Yeah, so this is an interesting one because I've actually changed my mind on this. I used to think just plant right into the large container you're going to be flowering in. But over time, I've realized that it's better to start in a smaller container and work your way up. Now, you don't want to do this too many times, but I would say uh, with a seedling, I would start with uh, basically like your typical keg cup, you know, like red keg cup or whatever, uh, with a hole in, hole or two in the bottom, of course, uh, to let the, let the drainage. But the important thing here is you don't ever let the plant get root bound and you transplant it right as it kind of reaches uh, the bottom of the container. So it's a timing issue. So in that 16 ounce cup that you're using, you know, you'd probably grow the plant for about a week and a half to two weeks in that container. Uh, and, and as that, as the roots get to the bottom of that container, then you can pop it into a one gallon or a two gallon container for the vegetative stage. Uh, and then prior to flowering, I would say at least a week or two prior to flowering, transplant from that one or two gallon container into your five or 10 gallon container or even larger container at that point. But not do not transplant after you start the flowering stage uh, because of the, um, the time that it takes for the plant to recover from transplantation. It just got about a, you know, five to six days of shock that it goes through, even if you're super gentle. But the reason for this is um, if you put it into that 10-gallon container right at the beginning, it just makes it more difficult to water. You have this tiny root system uh, that you know encompasses basically a tiny amount of space in that container, but you're watering the, con the whole container and you're not encouraging the roots to sort of dig deep uh, for nutrients and for, for moisture. And in that way, they do sometimes stagnate and not really go further than they would if you had them in a small container. Now, the other thing is plants know their container size. And once the root reaches, once that tap root reaches the bottom of your cup and starts swirling around, now it's sending messages back to the plant to slow growth. So you want to catch it before it does that. You basically want to, you're chasing the tap root. As the tap root gets down to the bottom of the container, you transplant into the larger container. Then you're vegging in your, you know, one or two gallon container. And as that tap root gets to the bottom of that, you, you know, your plant is growing strong. You transplant into your, your final container, uh, 10 gallons or larger, five gallons, whatever it is, but you transplant into that container. And that becomes the container that will be the container for the rest of that plant's life. Uh, but the reason for staggering it, like I said, is to get that tap root to really get down in there and not slow down the growth of the plant, but just accelerate it. And if you time this perfectly, uh, you wind up with really strong plants, especially if you're growing from seed, because that's when you have uh, a tap root that really is like the dominant tap root. When you grow from clones, um, you don't really have that dominant tap root. Uh, so it's slightly different for cloning a uh, but at the same time, like I said, you just want to catch it before it's root bound and transplant it just at the perfect time, loosen up the root system just a little, put it into gently into its new container and water it in and you'll see growth, uh, explode. But I used to tell people just plant the seed right in the, in the, you know, the large container. And I realized over time that you want, you don't wind up with plants that are quite as strong and healthy as you do. Uh, with the transplantation from seedling to veg to flower. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. We hope that helps you out there. Uh, let's hop over to Facebook and X Grows, who writes, uh, I was actually wondering if you could explain a bit better about the temperature to consume cannabis extracts. There's a good article in Grow Magazine where they have an illustration of how different temperatures affect the cannabinoids and terpenes. I set my rig up to about 450 degrees, but it looks like that might be too high. What are your recommendations? Yeah, so, I mean, it really kind of depends on what you're after, uh, because, you know, the higher you go, basically, 
the less flavor you're going to get and the more uh, stone you're going to get, basically, because, uh, you know, the terpenes heat up and evaporate at lower temperatures than uh, the, you know, cannabinoids. So I don't think, you know, you said 450. I don't think that's too high. I mean, I think that's kind of right in the pocket. Most people go actually higher than that, like in the 500 to, you know, 550 range or something. But it really also depends sometimes on what you're dabbing. So, you know, if it's rosin, it's slightly different than if it's uh, live resin or shatter or crumble or diamonds and stuff. So it really kind of depends on whether you're like the flavor saver person. I, I mean, I think for me personally, I like between 420 and 500. And most people will tell you that's pretty low, but... Uh, you know, I dab solventless hash, uh, in my experience, it just doesn't take as much heat and, you know, it leaves a pub puddle, obviously that needs to be sopped up with a Q-tip or whatever, but I get more flavor out of that and I get more enjoyment out of that. And you can always take another dab if you want to get more high, but, uh, for me, it's about the experience. So, uh, I I don't mind dipping below 500. Most people will tell you, five, you know, 5, 450. Uh, I've gone as low as 420. I mean, concentrates actually, like, the terpenes themselves uh, can evaporate at, like, you know, 350 or, you know, even lower. So uh, if you're a flavor person, go low. If you're just in it for, you know, more bang for your buck, uh, go a little higher. But I would say, you know, nowhere higher than 700 and nowhere lower than 420. Uh, so somewhere in between there, depending on your personal preference. All right. There you go, x Screws. We hope that that helps there. And uh, that is going to do it for the Q&A portion here. Um, we are going to take another question over on Patreon, and that's going to be about uh, ordering seeds online and also um, autoflowers and feminized and all of that stuff. So head over to Patreon for a bonus uh, Q&A from episode 77. But thank you to everybody who wrote in, I guess uh, primarily Gunja Gonzalez, but also x -Grows. If you have a question, uh, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, we're going to take a little break, come back, and then wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. Hey, guys. I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. -E uh, DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and it's time to wrap up episode number 77. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. I want to thank uh, DJ Jacques and Winstrong, as always, my co-host and producer, Mike G. Uh, our sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Check out their THC-infused pain relief rub. Uh, check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. Sweetleaf Nutrients. Uh, the code is Danko15 for 15% off on their site. You can get even better codes uh, for 20 or even 25% off by joining Patreon at certain levels. So please support us there. And we love our Patreon supporters. Rocket Seeds. The code for Rocket Seeds is GBY10 uh, for 10% off of your seeds. And Organic Rev Growth Stimulant. The code there, same code, GBY10 for 10% off. And uh, you can also get a free bottle at their website. Uh, just pay shipping and handling, but check out organicrev.com for that. Uh, Vapor.com as well is an affiliate, so you can use the code GROWBUDYOURSELF20 
for 20% off everything site-wide, which, you know, you'd be surprised includes some incredible vaporizers and tons of other accessories as well, rolling papers, uh, CBD products, anything you need to fix your vaporizer, volcanoes, stores in Bickle, packs, all the all the big brands are there. So check out vapor.com. The code is GROWBUDYOURSELF20 for 20% off. Uh, you can find, you know, the 10 and the 15% off codes, but, uh, that's a special one that they gave us. So we hope you guys take advantage of that. If you're going to be buying any vaporizers or accessories and, uh, yeah, man, uh, episode 77, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can let us know via email at info at grow bud yourself. And, uh, of course you can stream us on YouTube, on our YouTube page, grow bud yourself. There's so many things I can shout out, but right now I just want to say um, thanks for listening and uh, episode 77 is done. We'll be back next week with another one. Let's put this one in the books.